Thanks for joining us as we continue in our series from the book of Isaiah in this Advent season in 2020. Uh, we're looking at the Lord Jesus Christ and the prophecy about him in the book of Isaiah. And this is our second week. So last week we looked at the title which is ascribed to Jesus of Wonderful Counselor, Today Mighty God. Shakespeare famously said, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. And there is so much truth in that. A rose by any name, call it whatever we want, it still smells sweet. There's a lot of truth in that. But it's also true that names are very significant. Names can be prophetic. Names describe. Um, names tell us what something is going to be like and what it is going to do. Uh, think, if, if think of a couple of products. For example, in my laundry, the detergent I use is called Cold Power. Cold Power, that name says so much about what this product is going to do. It's going to powerfully clean, even in cold water. And in my kitchen, uh, I've got another product that I use to scrub the kitchen sink, and it's called Gumption. And Gumption stands for, you know, resourceful initiative, inspired initiative and resourcefulness. Um, we named our first daughter Abby, one who brings joy. And she has lived up to her name. She is one who brings joy in abundance. Uh, she lives up to her name. In our second service today, we're going to be uh, giving thanksgiving for a, a child that's been born, a little girl whose parents have named her Aria, and uh, which they tell me stands for lion, evoking strength and courage and leadership. Uh, there is much in a name. And here, in the prophecy of Isaiah that we read in Isaiah chapter 9 in the Old Testament, um, it is foretold that a child will be born, a son will be given. This is the child that we celebrate at Christmas time named Jesus Christ. And names are given, four names are given to this child that will be born. They are descriptive, they are prophetic. And those names are Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And so each week we're looking at those titles and they go together. Um, they're not, they don't stand alone, they go together. They describe together what this coming son, this one we celebrate at Christmas time who came into the world, what they'll be like and what they will do. They will be a wonderful counsellor, supernatural in their wisdom, and in their leadership, their wise counsel, the wisdom that they speak into our lives, the wisdom that they speak from heaven to us. Today, we look at the phrase, Mighty God. This is another of the titles that is given to the one who would be born, uh, the one that we call Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem. And this is a prophecy about this Jesus Christ, um, uh, 750 years before he was born. Well, mighty God, of course, is two words in the Hebrew. Uh, the God word is El, and uh, it, it speaks of a strong God. Um, in the group of Semitic languages, there, there are related phrases. So El in the Hebrew, um, but Elu in Babylonian, and Allah in Arabic. All of them are saying about, they, they're a title of deity. They're saying 
this is God. Um, and so when we read these words that this child who would be born is going to be mighty God, that is a claim to the, the, the godness, the, the deity, the, the divine nature of the one who's going to be born. And as I said, it has connotations of strength, you know, a God who is strong. And yet in this prophecy, um, two words are used, mighty God. It's almost as if uh, Isaiah is saying, this, this one that is coming will be a mighty, mighty God, mighty, almighty God, incredibly strong, powerful, above all others, God. This is undoubtedly a claim that the coming child is no mere human being. The coming child that would be born is actually God enfleshed, God among us. And this is the Christian understanding. And we sing about it at Christmas time. Uh, this hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us, God with us. In Australia, um, the most recent national census that was conducted in 2016 by the government, uh, the results showed that 12 million Australians identify as Christians. And by the way, 25% of those are Anglicans. I remember once when a, an Anglican priest came from Britain and they were giving some lectures and, and they said in their lecture, talking about the name Anglican, they said, you know, the Anglican church is the church that people would go to if they went to church. We've got the brand, uh, we've got the name. Um, but of course, 12 million Australians identify as Christians. They don't all go to church on Sunday. I don't want to overclaim belief in God in Australia. It's a majority belief. But there is an incredible amount of diversity about, uh, you know, under that umbrella that we call I believe in God. Um, generally, people are saying they believe in a supreme power, a divine creator, uh, not necessarily believing that Jesus is this divine creator. Many people say of Jesus that he, he was a healer, he was a teacher, a miracle worker, but God, not so sure. But here in Isaiah, the claim of this prophecy is that the child will be the mighty, mighty God, the creator, the supreme being. And we call him Jesus Christ. I don't think we, we don't go around as Christian people saying all the time, Jesus, who is God, uh, but we believe that Jesus is God. And we make that claim when we recite the, the creeds of the church, but even more powerfully, um, as the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, Christians demonstrate their belief that Jesus is God in, in the way in which they relate to him, in, in the way in which we live our lives. For example, we pray in the name of Jesus. We only do that because we believe that Jesus is all-powerful God. We pray in the name of Jesus. We say, Heavenly Father, give us today our daily bread. And we close that prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray those prayers because Jesus has power to grant us those requests. Jesus has power to mediate between the Father and ourselves. In the book of Job, a mediator is described as one who can lay hold on both parties. And we understand Jesus to be the one who can both lay hold on us, but also lay hold on 
the Father because he lives with the Father in heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is supernatural counsellor. He is mighty God. We pray in the name of Jesus because we believe that Jesus is omnipotent. Uh, we, we believe that Jesus is with us and I believe that Jesus is with me, that Jesus indwells me uh, through faith, indwells in me by his spirit. Now, I'm not the only one that believes this. Every Christian believes it. My, my good friend Elizabeth, who lives in Derby in the UK, believes that Jesus dwells with her. She walks with Jesus by spirit each day. Um, billions of Christians believe this. Now, the fact that we all believe it and that I'm comfortable that it's not just me that Jesus uh, companions through this life, but people all over the world, is a living statement by me that I believe that Jesus is everywhere. He is omnipresent. Uh, he is God. That's the only way in which he can be omnipresent, present everywhere. We also believe that Jesus knows us. He knows our heads. He knows our hearts. Uh, he knows our troubles. Uh, he knows our past. He knows our future. Um, the word for this is omniscience. We believe that Jesus knows everything about not just me, but about all of us. This is ascribing to him the nature of God, divine God, mighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, present everywhere. And we ask him to guide us. Again, how could he guide me as well as every other Christian in the world, except that he were himself God, omniscient, Omnipresent, omnipotent, big words. Sometimes words are needed to describe what we mean when we say the word, mighty God. Not only do we believe, we Christians believe that Jesus is God, but Jesus himself believed it and claimed it. Uh, Jesus was crucified because of this belief. And we read about that in our gospel reading. He was charged with blasphemy charged and condemned for blasphemy, for claiming to be equal to God. He said that his miracles were a sign, a sign that pointed beyond themselves to, to reveal who he was, what he was able to do. Supernatural, mighty God. Uh, this is what Jesus meant when he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, for I and the Father are one. We are both God. Jesus believed that he was God, claimed to be God. So what an injustice it is, what a belittling it is to believe that Jesus was just a healer or just a teacher or just a great example for us to follow or just a significant historic figure. He is all of those things. But he is also mighty God. He is mighty God, wonderful counsellor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, the one who walked on this earth and did not sin, the one who walked on this earth and conquered evil on our behalf, who rose to new life and sits at the right hand of God. How wonderful. Jesus, Mighty God, nothing less. In this life-changing year, let us come to Jesus with a, re with a renewed understanding of who he is and what he does and what he's like. Let us come to him with our burdens, our sins, our hopes, our aspirations, 
Let us come to him to be reconciled to heaven and indwelt with his spirit. Christ is the mighty, mighty God. Let him reign in our minds, our hearts, in our lives. Let him be the genuine El Gabor, the strong and almighty God that is the claim here in Isaiah. Let me close to you, with you with some words from a hymn. You are the king of mercy and of grace, reigning omnipotent in every place. So come our king and our whole being sway. Shine on us with the light of your pure day. Our hope is in no other save you. Our hope, our faith is built upon your promises true. King of mercy and grace, reigning omnipotent in every place. Shine on us with the light of your pure day. Come our King and our whole being sway. Hallelujah and Amen.